everyone. Welcome to another episode of Learning with Bell Vista Studios. Today I'm here with Hannah, my teammate, hey. and we're going to talk about a new concept to us. So we are very just at the surface of this um, and don't know much about it, but we see huge potential with it and really excited to learn. So this is our like first conversation about it after we watched a YouTube video. Um, the topic is design anthropology. And as you know, we're really big on human-centered design. And for some reason in my recommended YouTube, something about design anthropology came up and I watched this video and I was like, whoa, this takes <laughs> stuff to another level. And I shared definitely. it with Hannah. And then, yeah, like definitely we were like, yeah. <laughs> so we are just gonna chat about like what we know about it so far and we're gonna continue to discover, but we see huge potential for um, instructional designers and people that are solving business problems or solving problems in the world because anthropology seems to go way deeper and I think if you can master these skills like you will be making a huge impact on kind of how the world can operate and things like that so yeah anyway <laughs> what the hell is anthropology, anthropology. <laughs> yeah so like Kim was saying like anthropology is it's like a whole nother level to how we've been designing like it's almost like we love human-centered design and it's almost like it uses elements of human-centered design but it's like a whole nother level of understanding i'll start with the definition okay yeah <laughs> so definition of anthropology is it's basically the study of humans human behavior and different cultures across the world so how we've evolved um why religion has happened, why there's different cultural groups, why, depending on what country you live, people live in such different ways. And it's just a study of basically humans and how we experience things and do things. Yeah, wow. So from there, we thought, okay, so that's anthropology and we've been really immersing ourselves and trying to understand what that is because it is a whole science behind it. And there's anthropologists in the world who would know a lot more. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, talking about how we could use it for design and we definitely could. And I think it really does align with human centered design because it's about understanding the people that we're designing for, but at a much larger scale. So Kim and I have had conversations around it um, and what it means um, for that. But yeah, what was your view on it? Because you had a, you had some really good examples before and um, what it means for us designing. I think I, I still don't understand it fully yet. Um, and I'm trying to get my head back into it because a while ago since we had the conversation. But I think that it looks at things such as like human centered design is like, why are people not doing it now? You know. Um, you interview people, you gather data, you meet their needs, but this could be used for something like Brexit. Like, why was that decision? Mm, Where did that come example. from? Um, why did the UK join the EU and all that happened 30, 40, 50 years ago? Yeah, I can't remember my history. But um, <laughs> when that happened, like, it seemed like a great idea. It obviously came about for a reason. Times have changed cultures, beliefs, values have shifted. Yeah. Now Brexit's happening. So why is that happening? What does that mean for the future? How did it come about? So anthropology, my understanding is yeah. that would be able to understand that on a better level and human centered yeah. design wouldn't go as deep to understand the beliefs of the humans yeah, because there's really so good. many 
cultures and stories and experiences there that are coming together. Yeah, I love that. That's really cool. I was watching a video uh, who is an anthropologist, she was an anthropologist designer or is one, um, and she was talking about how she designs at that level and what she does. She's a user experience designer, but started off in anthropology, so it's really good she oh, wow. uses both disciplines in her work. Um, and she was talking about some of the like the approaches that she takes and the perspectives that she has. Um, and a lot of it was around having not only an inside view, but an outside view. So for our work, like we really try very hard to get that outside view. And by outside, I mean understanding what life is like for the end user and what their day-to-day -day life looks like, how they do things. And anthropologists, when you're using that for design, you really need to step into the shoes of that user yep. and spend time with them to understand what they do. Yep. Um, and Kim and I were talking about this earlier today. It's not just asking what people do through interviews, what you can see through immersing yourself in an environment and actually being there with the end users, which is the immersive perspective that they take as well. Yeah can show you so much and provide you with so much insight. Um, an example was there is a design anthropologist who does it for cafes in Europe. Mm. So cafe, he wanted to discover how cafes should be designed, so where chairs should be put, how where the cash register should be, what the process should be for ordering coffee. And to do that, he just sat in different cafes and did it for like, a long time <laughs> it wasn't a quick thing like sat and just observed how people acted and how sort of like what was the culture of what's the cafe culture mm. you could say so what yeah. beliefs do people have of how they should act in a cafe what do they do automatically without even thinking there might be certain chairs that they'll choose over other chairs they might want to be near the window they might all use their fpos card they don't use cash anymore so it's really around understanding the broader culture of a group of humans when you're designing. Yeah. So I thought that was a really interesting example. And that's, I guess it goes to a deeper level because it's over a longer period of time as well. Yeah. So he's spending, was it months or something? Yeah, it was a long time. Sitting, yeah. watching cafes yeah. to come up with the perfect design yeah. for a cafe. Yeah. Whereas it, we wouldn't do that on our projects. We no, might go watch might someone some do their task or, and yeah. yeah and that's it, but we don't yeah. go deeper. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. We, we have a very limited perspective, whereas that encompasses like, so yeah. much, and I guess patterns come through yeah. because you're watching it over time. Yeah. Create, it's like a history almost. Yeah, and as you definitely. say, the culture. Yeah, I really like that description. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there was another finding that I was looking at a study online where they were looking at a city and where people like they basically watched pedestrians and watched where they stopped to meet people and they found that like when groups were meeting together they would meet at the top of staircases like huh. the top of stairs yeah like that was always where they would congregate um and then there were certain places where they would like stop and check their phone or there's certain places where they would keep walking and it just showed that if you observe and look at culture because to me that's sort of like culture like there's human behavior but then you're also looking at what's a culture yeah because how people walk around in China could be very different to how people walk around in Australia. Yeah. So it's just like understanding that. Um, another example was some a design anthropologist was hired for to design like a department store. 
And so they basically watched to see how customers moved around the store, how employees worked. And employees may think that everything was fine, like the way they were working was efficient, but the person watching could be like, okay, the employee always has to step to the right and walk around that counter, which yeah. is annoying for them and they might not even realise it's happening. So just things like that as well, watching what's happening in a certain culture or environment. Yeah. And it can take a lot of time. I think that's the challenge for us as instructional designers. We don't always have, well, I don't think we've ever had months to <laughs> sit and watch a certain situation play out to see how we can design for it. Yeah. And I guess that's where, like, it's very new to us, but <laughs> um, maybe that's anthropology is used to solve bigger problems where the True. results really matter. So yeah. they invest in the time to do those things. Yeah. Um, because the results have a greater impact yeah. on the world. Yeah. And actually, that's something you were sharing, is that it is about the impact that it has on the world and yeah. the ethics. Can you like help me understand that a bit better? Yeah, so like another part of anthropological design, or anthropology design. I don't even know if that's a word. <laughs> I think I made it up. We made one. Copyright. <laughs> um, is looking at how things that you create impact the human race. Yeah. So an example is Instagram. So with Instagram or Facebook, when you can like like a photo, they originally, I'm thinking, would have done that. So people had a way to like interact with each other, to like share their appreciation or love for the things yeah. that people were posting. So the design started off with a good intent, but in many countries now, Instagram, you can't see other people's likes so yeah. if someone posts a photo you can't actually see how many people have liked that photo yeah and that was because even though it was designed with a good intent it turned into a negative because people started obsessing over how many likes they got um they were only posting things that they thought other people would like because they wanted to get those likes so badly yeah. and it ended up being like a negative impact on society and that was that did impact a lot of society because a lot of people use Instagram and Facebook um, so that's an example for us as designers like when we're designing something that could have a really big impact so if you're designing for something that impacts a whole country or a whole city thinking about how what else could potentially come from that design yeah. that you may not have considered beforehand yeah and making sure that you're ethical in the way you design so making uh, to the best of your ability, thinking about what bad things could come from it and making sure you avoid that happening. Yeah, yeah. Because the consequences of that where, you know, insecurities playing out yeah. with likes and, yeah. I don't know, body image issues, and this is what I just heard in the media, so I'm yeah. not an expert on that. But And although their intent was pure to show appreciation and things like that, yeah. by removing it now, oh, what was happening is people were posting just to get the likes yeah and by now taking away the likes they you don't know so you don't get that feedback yeah so it means that you have to express yourself in the way that's true to yourself as opposed to yeah what other people value or appreciate and give you feedback on yeah definitely. so it'll be interesting to see how that behavior mm. now plays out and because they've shifted it with a good intent to yeah. avoid those consequences is it going to give them the results they anticipate? And yeah. how, I guess anthro anthropology will yeah. see that play out over time and definitely. we'll be able to understand that a bit better. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah, I find it interesting. And it's 
I think it's something that we haven't always considered in our design, how it can ethically or how it can impact people personally. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just about us thinking about that when we design learning solutions and talking to our clients about that. Yeah. Um, what I'm do trying, you mean? Like for the solutions that we design, is there any way that negative impacts could come from those solutions that we haven't even considered? Yeah. I guess the user <laughs> testing is really important there. Yeah. It's often a step that's skipped yeah. in projects, but that's where the value will come is being yeah. able to go out and find out how people react and get that feedback yeah. and get it from diverse audiences Yeah. because we can always think we're pushing ahead the client's happy. Yeah. But yeah, how is this being interpreted culturally? And yeah. I guess a simple one would be like drugs and alcohol. Yeah. You know, it's very easy for employees to think well, drug and alcohol policy, okay, well, oh, it's corporate putting <laughs> yeah. this down on us and they're all grr and what does that mean? Oh, I can't drink and I can't do this. Yeah. And we need to understand better why that's needed and communicate that better because yeah. that can build resentment back towards... Oh, definitely. Yeah. It's actually... I'm that's just so reflecting yeah. on this. So I just got back from holidays, <laughs> right? So I've been in New Zealand and... We've done so many activities, mountain biking, caving, um, there was bungee, there was everything. Basically, everywhere you go, it's just like, you want to do it? Cool, go. Strap you up, go, get done. You don't get instructions, you don't get safety things or whatever. You feel so free. Yeah. You feel safe because it's almost like marketing, how the news always tells you all these bad things. So then you're <laughs> like, oh, if I go to a crowded area, something bad's going to happen. Yeah. So we're... Um, what is it like prime to fear our culture has yes because in Australia the minute we come back we're sitting in the library today there's a slide open for kids they're like tiny little tykes running around it's really cool (laughs) I want to give it a go but I'm wearing a dress so I don't know if I'm going down the slide today but um all I can hear there's a librarian sitting at the entrance Mm -hmm. of the steps there's a sign beside it, which I would have to stop and read because it was just like fine print kind of, these are the rules of the sta- of the slide. She's sitting there and we can hear, okay, count to one, two, three, four, five. Don't, don't climb back up the stair or don't climb back up the slide. All these rules and, it, and all is happening in my body is it's closing in. I'm going, fuck, this is rigid. I don't feel free. I feel trapped. I, wow. But when I was in New Zealand, when they didn't talk about all these things and they just allowed you to go out and do, I felt so respected, I felt so safe, I felt so trusted because it was just like shit happens in the world and that's unfortunate if it does happen to you. But go out there and do what you're here to do and do it in the way that you are. We think that you are responsible enough as an adult to make a decision and if you are stupid on your mountain bike and you come off, that's your issue. Yeah. issue but we don't need to tell you that you can fall off your mountain yeah. bike and all this kind of stuff so it's just really interesting yeah. from that perspective how that without intending to rules and things like that are creating all this fear and how you can be in the world and walking on a certain side of the footpath whereas yeah. in yeah like I don't know my head's going I don't I haven't formulated this obviously no that (laughs) that makes sense to me I think it makes me think about how we even the language that we use in our modules yeah so when you think about we could have a certain style of writing yeah 
but that style of writing could come across and actually impact the culture of an organisation. Yeah. So if, like what you said, if you're very rigid, like do this, do that. Yeah. If it's a health and safety course, make sure you do this. It is really important, so we should be telling people to do that. But I wonder if the way that we communicate that can impact the way they see even the HR department. Yeah. So even language, I think, can have such a big impact on culture. Yeah. The way people perceive things. It's an us and them. We're not seeing them as humans. That's what I get from what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, corporate or HR, you just go there when you're naughty. But really, we should just be humans in the world trying to help Help each each other. other. Yeah. (laughs) Regardless of your role or whatever it is in life. Yeah. Because that is something that frustrates me about... This is a simple example. (laughs) But... um, navigation how to navigate the Mm. e-learning module when we get told to it's not very often that we do that (laughs) but like a next button's a next button it has a next they've used a remote control on a tv before when you go to a website you're never told how to navigate the website so why is our e-learning designed in a way where we have to help people use it like if people can go onto a website get the information book holidays um, book insurance all these important things and work it out themselves or call for help if they need it how come our e-learning is not designed in the same way that we can just go this is what you need to know yeah trust everything else is yeah there if they need it and they know how to find it yeah definitely that makes me think as well when you're talking about that accessibility. Mm. So whilst, well, with websites, and like I think you're right, like if we know how to use websites, which most people do, like they should be able to use an e-learning course. Yeah. But another part of anthropology, they spoke about like designing for humans, like making sure that they can use it. So I wonder yeah. if, I think another important part is thinking about who we're designing for and making it like accessible for them to use. Yeah. Um, and we like for a lot of our courses now we do apply accessibility to it but then mm-hmm. I also see your point of you don't want to overcrowd them with instructions so it's just like an interesting yeah like where to go on the scale and I think it would depend on who you're designing for who that end user is and what support they would need yeah for example if you're designing for a tech team yeah so they work in IT or technology you probably wouldn't need to include as many instructions about what the next button is. Yeah. But if you're designing for a group of people that never use computers and they yeah. don't touch a computer or they're in a generation where they weren't brought up with computers, it would be a different design. Yeah. So it's like considering and even different countries. Yeah. Who have different Yeah, you need exposure. to like segment your audience almost. Yeah. So it's like I don't know, thirty percent of the users have used a PC before. Yeah. 70% haven't. Well, they're the majority, so you work yeah. for them. Yeah. And then if it's a closer bind of like 50-50, maybe you have to go down the track yeah. of having two different solutions. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well. What um, else? Uh, yeah. Another thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so thinking about as well, with anthropology, it includes all humans. So we need to think about if we're designing modules that are going to different, com- like com- going to be completed by people in different countries and I know that we've designed solutions before where we've had to change the language to the language that suits that country but another part of anthropology is thinking about okay how do people in that car in that country experience life what do different colors mean to them what symbols Mm. have meaning to them because there'll be symbols or colors or images that would impact or have a different type of yeah, different type of impact on people in one country compared yeah. to another country. 
Yeah. So I think that's another part of it as well, thinking about the trends and values. It's like really deep-seated values, yeah. things that you can't always see, yep. but considering that as well. Yeah. Um, an example could be if there's a country where the religion means that women cover themselves up more mm-hmm. than other countries. So in Australia, it's probably not as common as in another country, for example. How would including images of women a woman in a t-shirt or shorts how would that impact yeah. the people in that country yeah because like to me that's considering their culture and thinking okay like those images probably wouldn't align with their culture how can we adjust yeah so i think that's something else that i've learned from anthropology as well that's interesting because um it links to so bullying and harassment's a big topic here in australia and like it can be very legislative the courses we've built have been a bit more activity based yeah so I think they're better than just like here's the rules kind of thing and it's training on behavior so for example um, sexual behavior in this activity was um, it's sexual harassment sorry is unwanted behavior and it's how you perceive if you're going to be offended Mm -hmm. then that's like sexual harassment for the receiver so the activity showed two hands and one was one brushed over the other to reach and get something. And there was a few examples like that that we had identified what are the situations in the real world of this workplace that are happening. And so they were real world examples and they were all visual. This is happening. Would you be offended or not? And they were examples because they were the biggest complaints that the HR team were getting and dealing with in terms of bullying and harassment and sexual harassment. So we were trying to help people change their behavior around that. Now, what was interesting is I actually went, I was lecturing at a university, which was a lot of international students. And I showed them this as the topic was like e-learning or I don't know what it was, but it was training using technology. So I showed them this example as Mm. a module. And it was so interesting because they were all like, why would you do this training? Like, you don't need to do this training. And that's not something I'd be offended by in any way Mm. Um, in my culture. And they all said that. And there was Asian, South American, Europeans, like, were the majority of Mm -hmm. this group. And it was so interesting to because I could see from my culture now being, I would say I'm very Australian now, is that I can see in workplaces and through my role in a HR team that these are complaints and these are common workplace behaviours that people consider not okay or would be offended in. But then we had all these people from other places around the world that were saying, it's not a big deal. Why are you building training around that? So that was fascinating. And I feel like anthropology would... Yeah. They would be like, I don't get it. Why are we doing training? (laughs) Like... Just be a good human wow. kind of thing. Which I guess maybe goes back to what I was saying about too many rules almost makes us, I don't know. Yeah. Dopes. No. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. No, that's cool. Because you think like if a global country, a global organisation was designing a bullying and harassment course, does that mean like each course would need to be different depending on the country because there's yeah, so many different cultural norms? Translation is not enough. There's a lot of the headquarters we have are in Australia and they're saying, you know, these are the common things that are happening here in our country, but it doesn't mean that it's happening for their global teams. So you need specific, you need to 
localize it, but that doesn't mean just translate it no. or use yeah. colloquialisms. Like Different you content. need to, yeah, yeah. do your fu- your instructional design process yeah. for that problem. Wow. And if the problem even exists in that place, because yeah. maybe there aren't bullying and harassment c- and complaints, or maybe the bullying and harassment complaint in a specific region is yeah. literally someone pulling a knife or a gun on yeah, someone else. Like exactly. it could be totally different. And imagine the negative impact that could have on a company yeah. if you're, we're teaching them to not do something that is so natural to them mm. and doesn't actually, like, offend anyone. Yeah. Like, it's it'd a be waste like us time. being told we can't do something that we always do. Imagine how awkward and yeah. it could impact the whole way, like, the way we interact at yeah. work. And that, I think that's an example of a negative impact coming from something that we thought was going to be yeah. a good impact. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. (laughs) Um, Something else as well, like when you think about um, ethics and doing the right thing in the way we design, something I thought of too was say, for example, you're designing a e-learning course and you create a handbook that goes with it. If that handbook needs to be printed and there's thousands of users, you need to think about the impact you're having on the world because you're getting people to print. How many pages is that going to be that people are printing? Yeah. And then how many trees is that destroying? And I think, I know it sounds like very yeah. <laughs> high level, but to me, that's what anthropology is. It's thinking about the impact that you're having. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of companies now are thinking about that in the way that they operate. Yeah. So thinking about the environment and even like social procurement is something that's come up um, for a course that we're working on. So yeah. thinking about how you're operating, how is that impacting the wider society and your yeah. country and world yeah I think more and more we're going to see yeah people wanting to do good in the world yeah and the problems that we'll be solving are not tick the box compliance type things or communication or skills yeah but we'll be looking at problems on a wider scale a deeper scale and really trying to shift humanity I guess it's like really high level (laughs) yeah Like we were saying, if we, like, because we're just learning about it, we've come, like, a small way, but we've definitely got a lot more to go to fully understand it. Yeah, as you can probably tell from this chat. (laughs) (laughs) We're learning through this conversation, this is great. (laughs) But I think once we have a really good understanding of it, like we've been saying, it is, I think it will be the future of how businesses operate. And I think if you're an instructional designer and you can start to understand the concept and think about how you can incorporate it into your design. Like you're getting that head start because I honestly think in the future it's gonna be all, like what you said, all about doing the right thing and we're already moving in that way Yeah. with climate change and everyone's realizing we need to do the right thing by yeah. the world and work together. So yeah, it's. A, I think it is a lot to get your head around for us anyway. Like. Yeah. You might be different if you're good at understanding things really quickly, <laughs> concepts like that. But I think it's good to just start yeah. learning about it slowly. And that's what we're, our yeah. team is going to do. So, Like I guess in the past, human-centered design was like a whoa yeah, oh thing God. to us. Yeah. And like, Still is. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is. But yeah. like the whoa, like scary thing was more like, how do we do this? Yeah. And so we started with Definitely. small pieces and it was like, okay, well, we're just going to ask these questions now in our analysis. Yeah. And we started introducing little skills and stuff along the way. And then we got better and they became habits. And then we started encompassing human-centered design. 
as a whole process to what we do. Yeah. And now this is like human-centered design on steroids to the next <laughs> like level, level yeah. and we're just learning again. But yeah. we've been able to kind of master human-centered design, and now it's just like we're mastering something, but we're learning, we're not masters, but yeah. we're learning something from the very beginning again. Yeah. And right now, all we kind of know, I guess, is to think bigger than the problem that you're told you have in front of you mm, um, like is maybe just a mindset shift to begin and our awareness is there around that. Right now we don't know tools or resources or support really except for like Google it um, to share with you but as we discover them we will share it with you but what we do see is for the future of our industry is that this skill set will set you apart and mm. will allow you to work in many industries, in yeah. many professions. Because what we're noticing, like if I look at our journey, you know, it's coming from psychology, human behavior, um, marketing, sales, instructional design, <laughs> graphic design, um, all of these things are coming together and taking our skills to the next level, not just yeah. being like a content writer or a trainer or a facilitator. And then human-centered design again in there, and now anthropology and looking at what that can bring. And you're starting to mold, and I think if you wanna be an effective and really valuable instructional designer, where in the future, I'm talking the next five to 10 years, I reckon our skills will be highly in demand because yeah. businesses are going to start to appreciate, the market is catching up, well, they're not there just yet, but our clients will start to understand that this broad skill set across user experience, user interface, all that kind of stuff is gonna to come together. And if you're on it and adding those tools to your kit, you'll be so valuable. Yeah for whatever you want to do in life as a career and get paid for it, basically. There's just, a, it's all molding together. All of us are trying to do the same thing, which is solve business problems. Yeah, we so all true. do it a different way. We can all benefit from how everyone does it. Yeah. Um, and it just makes you very adaptable and it's cool. I like it. Spot on, Kim. Mm. <laughs> I loved that. <laughs> Anything else to add on it or you think um, for our discovery, like very taster <laughs> tip, yeah. tip of the iceberg? Um, I don't think so. I think we've sort of covered everything. I think like probably the main tips are just to start looking at it. So start looking at anthropology. Like yeah. Kim said, I think it is going to be in demand in the future. Um, Human-centered design to me is like similar to anthropology. So it's sort of like a component of it. So if yeah. you can look at our human-centered design content, I think you could start to get insight into understanding your user. Yeah, for sure. Um, There's blogs and YouTube videos yeah, and like heaps of, of stuff on Instagram about practical application of those tips. Yeah. And it has, when we went from like, Kathy Moore, amazing, yeah. human-centered design, like skills are just getting better and better. Yeah. So definitely recommend, like Hannah said, to check that stuff out. Yeah. Um, and probably just everything you're designing or any products that you're putting out into the world, just take the time to think about the impact it could have mm. on a wider scale. So you may not even realise you're putting something out there could have an actual impact on humans or cultures and the way people do things. Yeah. So just to start to like think about that and have that front of mind when you're designing. And I know we'll start to do that and see yeah. what comes up. Um, and yeah, it'd be really cool actually if we could get an anthropologist to interview. 
Ooh. So if you're an anthropologist <laughs> and yeah. you're watching this, it'd be great to have you on the show. Yeah. Like it'd be Please great to someone. speak to someone about it, I think, and ask questions and Yeah. Mm. And if you know any resources <laughs> or anything that you want to share, that'd be yeah. cool too. Um, but I guess yeah, summing up what you were saying, it is about remembering that we're all humans. Yeah. I think that's really important. And something I've noticed just smile at people you walk by. Smile when you offer your, you're buying your coffee or something like that. It really helps you to see the human on the other side of what you're doing mm. as opposed to this is the person that is just servicing me right now. Yeah. I think that will start to open your mind about the humanity and I guess that's where anthropology, I don't know, basic, um, no, comes into it. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. So thank you everyone for making it to the end of this video or podcast on uh, anthropology. Thank you for <laughs> listening to us kind of uh, be curious and discover what it is. Uh, we'll share more as we learn. As I said, we just literally watched one video and did a bit of Googling. We're like, oh, there we go. It seems really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks for watching. If you have a topic or anything or you want us to chat about or learn more about, please do let us know. But thank you so much for watching these videos and all the support and that that you um, share. We really appreciate it. Have an awesome day. Smile. <laughs>